You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with a disturbing story. Vancouver police say a driver may have been too impaired to notice that he had hit a woman on the downtown east side overnight. As Julia Foy reports, the victim was seriously injured when she was struck, then dragged down the street for blocks. I'm shocked, but not really surprised. Tina lives near the intersection of Hastings and Columbia Streets in Vancouver, where early Saturday morning, emergency crews rescued a woman who had been struck by a van and trapped underneath the vehicle. It's believed she was dragged for four blocks, 750 metres. There's a million people out there that you'd think that somebody would have gone and run after the guy or yelled or something. Vancouver police say they believe the woman may have been hit near Hastings and Jackson, but it's unclear why the driver didn't notice. The driver came to a stop at uh, Columbia and Hastings when he realized that uh, this uh, collision had occurred and realized that this woman was trapped uh, on his vehicle or under his vehicle. The woman has not yet been identified. She's believed to be in her 40s and she remains on life support in hospital. I mean, the initial reaction is heartbreak and horror. Like, that just sounds so horrifying that that could happen. And heartbroken for this woman who is now in hospital, um, suffered serious injuries. Police are investigating if alcohol is a factor in the accident. The driver is a man in his 30s. He's from the United States. He was briefly taken into custody and released uh, pending the conclusion of the investigation. The speed limit along that stretch of Hastings is set at 30 kilometres an hour, but both Hunka and Tina feel jaywalking is also an issue in the area. We have seen on occasion some of our um, guests or people in the community um, with a near miss, and occasionally we do see accidents or pedestrian-involved incidents on this corridor. That's the third time somebody's been hit that I know of just in the last month and a half, say. VPD is asking anyone with dash cam video or who may believe they know the injured woman to contact police. Julia Foy, Global News. Residents of a Surrey neighborhood woke up to an alarming sight. A Clayton Heights coffee shop behind police tape and a man's body lying outside. While RCMP say the murder had nothing to do with recent gang-related violence in the area, as Jill Bennett reports, that has done little to calm frayed nerves in the community. I got woken up from yelling and screaming at 5 in the morning because I can hear it through my bedroom window. Just after 4.30 Saturday morning, neighbors living near this Husky gas station and coffee shop at 184th and the Fraser Highway woke up to a commotion. Heard some banging, came back out, and that's when I saw James on the ground. And the ambulance just showed up just as I came back outside. And they pumped on him for a while. The 47-year-old man, who neighbors say lived in the basement suite beneath the coffee shop with his girlfriend, died. There was a large RCMP presence throughout the morning, with officers gathering evidence and members of the integrated homicide investigation team. On social media, IHIT confirms the man died during an altercation, and a second man is in police custody. We believe the two men knew each other, and there is no further risk to the public safety, not believed to be gang-related. It's a good neighborhood, but in the last like month or so, they had a shooting in broad daylight on a Saturday afternoon. That shooting was the targeted hit outside another gas station just a couple blocks away, one where investigators say innocent bystanders could easily have been hurt. Although Saturday's death isn't gang-related, it is concerning for residents. Twice inside of less than a month, you got two people, right? It's scary. 
The cause of death has not been released. Investigators are asking anyone with more information about the latest homicide to contact them. Jill Bennett, Global News. Fire has gutted a vacant strip mall in East Vancouver. More than 50 firefighters worked to put out the blaze at Kingsway and Gladstone when flames broke out at around 9.30 last night. Smoke poured from the boarded-up strip mall. Crews were on scene for five hours knocking the fire down. No one was hurt, but as you can see, there is significant damage. No word yet on a cause. Island Health has moved its own staff into two seniors' homes due to concerns about quality of care and staffing levels. Health Authority care workers are now temporarily supporting the operator of Selkirk Place in Victoria in providing care to residents. Similar support is already in place at Nanaimo Seniors Village. Island Health staff will remain at both facilities for up to 90 days to stabilize care and allow the owner retirement concepts to develop long-term staffing solutions. The move comes weeks after health officials assumed control of the Comox Valley Seniors Village following a series of serious complaints. Retirement Concepts says it's working with the administrator in Courtney. Central Okanagan Public Schools is calling on governments to put stricter controls on vaping products. The superintendent sent a letter to all parents and guardians in the district this week warning about the dangers of vaping, particularly for children. It's urging the provincial and federal governments to support tougher regulations on the sale of e-cigarettes to minors and to ban the sale of products marketed specifically to young people. It's also writing local candidates to ask how they would address the problem of young people using e-cigarettes. The cruise ship industry injects a lot of money into Greater Victoria's economy each year, but now the capital city wants to limit that gold mine in tourist revenue in an effort to better protect the environment. Kristen Robinson explains. They bring an estimated $130 million a year into the regional economy. But the mayor of B.C.'s capital city says there's a dark cloud hanging over this sunny scene. A few ships coming in with big black clouds of billowing smoke. And uh, that's not the image of Victoria that we want. Lisa helps and councillors Ben Izzet and Marianne Alto behind a motion recommending council request that the Greater Victoria Harbour Authority cap the number of cruise ships coming to the city, not sign any long-term contracts or consider home-porting cruise ships until the emissions and waste issues are dealt with. It's a very simple request. Plug in and work harder to reduce waste if you want to expand the industry. The mayor wants to explore whether Victoria can regulate waste and emissions from cruise ships at port, potentially forcing them to shut down their diesel engines and plug into shore power while docked. If the industry wants to continue to have social license in the city, it needs to work with us to meet the climate goals, not only that we have set, but that the world has set. The Port of Vancouver was the first in Canada to plug into shore power. Pollution that amounts to taking 20 vehicles off the road for a year now eliminated every time a large ship is at berth for 60 hours. The Greater Victoria Harbour Authority says it's working with the 15 lines that call to its terminal to ensure their environmental practices meet its standards. Kristen Robinson, Global News. 
Port Moody's embattled mayor will remain off the city's police board until his sexual assault charge is resolved. The Port Moody Police Board says Rob Vagramov has indicated that he will not be involved in board-making decisions, cast any votes, or attend board meetings amid the sexual assault allegation. The mayor sparked controversy in September after returning to council more than five months after voluntarily stepping aside to focus on the serious charge. On Tuesday, council voted in favor of Vagramov returning to a leave of absence, but he is not legally compelled to do so. A couple got quite the jolt this morning when they ran over an open storm drain at a fast food restaurant parking lot in Kelowna. All of a sudden, we jarred and hit so hard and it just came to a complete halt. It felt like we ran over something. It was just like, oh my God, you know, what a shock. Lorinda and Lauren Pearson had, a, had hit a storm drain with an insecure grate. They ended up slamming the wheel of their three-quarter ton truck into the hole so hard it came to a complete stop. The vehicle is no longer drivable since both the T-rod and frame of the truck are bent. Lorinda says while she was waiting for help, she saw the same thing happen to another vehicle. The storm drain is marked with yellow crates now, as you can see, but she still thinks it's unsafe. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to fall in nothing. You know. Well, you better get it fixed before I do. The assistant manager of the fast food restaurant says an incident report was filled out and the company's insurance will take care of the, the Pearson's expenses. On the campaign trail today, the federal conservatives are being accused of sending out disinformation with social media ads targeting Chinese Canadian voters only. The ads claim the Liberal Party is planning to legalize hard drugs, something the Liberals vehemently deny. Paul Johnson has more, including what party leader Andrew Scheer had to say about it today. I think it's a disrespect to every Canadian Where's your watching cost tonight. Platform? Our costed platform. Cannot... You might expect that if the Liberals were poised to make a controversial move like legalizing hard drugs, they would have been challenged in last week's leaders' debate. That didn't happen. But this did. Chinese language ads from the Conservatives that appeared on Facebook. And this message in Chinese. Previously, Trudeau legalized marijuana. Now he intends to legalize hard drugs. There were also a couple of video versions on this theme as well. If you don't speak Chinese, it's likely this is the first time you've heard of this. UBC political scientist Max Cameron says there's a good reason for that. It's a total lie. It's completely false. It's untrue. It's not the case that the Liberal Party or any party in Canada support legalization of hard drugs. Well, this ad was eventually pulled down by Facebook because it violated their guidelines. As of Saturday afternoon, the others were still live. Do they think that uh, they can fool people uh, with that lie? Jenny Kwan is a veteran Chinese-Canadian politician whose East Van riding includes the epicenter of Canada's opioid crisis. She's quite up to date on any major changes to federal drug policy. It is absolutely uh, patronizing. I think it's also uh, assuming that the Chinese-Canadian community are simple people, that people can't sort through the information, uh, and they just assume that people will exactly accept what they are told. Saturday in Burnaby, 
Conservative leader Andrew Scheer defended the ads and denied they've only targeted Chinese Canadians with them. We've called attention to the Liberals' uh, inability to become clear on this in, in, in English and in French. Uh, and of course, this is uh, something that Canadians have a right to know about. In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News. The chair of the TransLink Mayor's Council says the Conservative Party's costed platform puts lower mainland transportation projects at risk. Leader Andrew Scheer announced Friday in Tawasson that if elected to form the next government, the party will spend an already committed $187 billion in infrastructure spending over 15 years instead of the 12 years as promised under the Liberal government. Scheer has promised to earmark funding for the Massey Tunnel replacement, but Jonathan Cote says he's not sure there will be any money left for other TransLink priorities. We're going to respect all existing agreements for projects that have already been signed off on. We're going to see those through, and we're going to put in place a responsible plan that actually gets money out the door and shovels in the ground. You know, as, as the TransLink and the Mayor's Council work to uh, improve transportation op options and investment in transportation infrastructure, uh, we, need, uh, we need federal partners at, at the table. So, you know, I think the, the two biggest projects at, at risk are uh, the SkyTrain expansion to, to Langley and expansion uh, to, to, to UBC. Both very critically important transportation projects in our region, um, but if the federal government steps away, those projects could be at serious risk of, of not happening. It may be a holiday weekend, but it's also prime voting time for Canadians. Advanced polls in the federal election are open right across the country, right through the Thanksgiving Day Monday. And as Sarah Comedina reports, Elections Canada has made it even easier this time. A steady stream of people have been coming to take advantage of the advanced polls for the federal election. It started on Friday and it goes until Monday. They're very important because without it, I wouldn't be able to vote. To be first voting time and I don't want any problem. So if I woke early, I can come and vote my early vote. It just gives me less of a crowd and more flexibility in when I'm able to do my voting. And when I know who I'm going to vote for, I'd just like to do it and get it done. Since 2015, there's been some changes to make the experience of voting earlier easier. 25% more polling stations have been added across the country, meaning less lines. Also, hours have been extended by four hours. Voters can go to their appropriate stations between 9 in the morning to 9 at night. It does appear that the advanced polls are more, more popular. Um, we just like to give people options because... Election day itself can be busy for some people, so if they're going to be out of town or they know they're busy working that day or have other commitments, this allows them to cast their ballot um, over four days instead of being restricted to that one day. A couple of housekeeping notes before you go to vote. Bring a government-issued ID with your current address on it. You can also bring a piece of mail with your home address on it with a photo ID like a student card. Sarah Comedina, Global News. A funeral was held today for a 14-year-old boy killed outside his Hamilton, Ontario high school on Monday. The brazen attack happened in front of the teen's mother. Two teenagers have been charged with first-degree murder in connection with Devin Selvey's death. Hundreds turned out to the funeral, many of them complete strangers, wanting to show the Selvey family their support. Devastating. I mean, you would never imagine this to have ever happened to anyone. The teens charged in the crime are 14 and 18 years old. Devin's mom says her son was bullied relentlessly since the beginning of the school year. Demonstrations were held in several cities today to protest Turkey's incursion into northeast Syria. 
Members of the Kurdish-Canadian community in Vancouver say the Turkish assault threatens the stability of the fragile region and could trigger a genocide of Kurds. Protesters also say it impacts the fight against the so-called Islamic State in the region. Turkey launched an offensive targeting Kurdish militia last week after U.S. President Donald Trump and American troops w said American troops would withdraw from Syria, a move that has drawn international condemnation. A super typhoon is slamming western, central and eastern Japan. Officials issued a special heavy rainfall warning for Tokyo and its surrounding six prefectures. A first for the metropolis and only issued during life-threatening weather events. East of Tokyo this morning, a tornado destroyed a house injuring five people. As many as 100,000 residents of Southern California are still unable to return to their homes as a massive wildfire continues to engulf the region. The wildfire has claimed three lives and damaged more than 30 homes. Crews are taking advantage of cooler temperatures and calmer winds. Almost all homes were without power earlier this week. 21,000 are still in the dark. A search and rescue operation is underway in New Orleans tonight and several buildings have been evacuated after a hotel under construction collapsed this morning. One person is dead, two others are missing and nearly two dozen more are hurt. Dust filled the air and rubble poured into the streets Saturday morning on the western edge of New Orleans' famed French Quarter as part of the top floors of a hotel under construction came crashing down without warning. It happened a little after nine at a Hard Rock Hotel under construction three blocks from the popular tourist destination Bourbon Street. I had nowhere to go. I was trapped. Construction worker Modesto Reyes was near the top of the 18-story building when it gave way. When I got to the ground, there was smoke everywhere. It was more people than I imagined. I never thought it would be all this. I was scared. Responders going into a very dangerous building right now, trying to do their job. Please keep them in your thoughts and... Um, just please pay attention to what we're doing down here because this is going to be an issue that's going to last for a while. Part of the surrounding neighborhood has been evacuated as officials fear more of the building could collapse or a now unsupported 200-foot-tall construction crane could come down. Rescuers are trying to find more victims and are using drones to assess the stability of the parts of the structure still standing. This is obviously a very, very serious collapse, uh, and I'm, I'm for one, and I think we should all be very thankful uh, that pedestrians and motorists on the street uh, were all able to get out safely. Uh, we're praying for the, the individuals who remain unaccounted for. Investigators say it will be some time before they can pinpoint the cause of the deadly collapse. Chris Pallone. In Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi spent his morning picking up trash on a beach. Modi says he went plogging, a combination of jogging and picking up litter. He says he wants to keep public places clean and tidy. Earlier this month, he called on the nation to end consumption of single-use plastics by 2022. Italian police discovered 138 live pythons in an attempted smuggling operation. The snakes were found in individual boxes in a vehicle on a ship arriving from Greece. Two men were taken into custody. Police say the snakes are worth nearly $60,000. In Health Matters tonight, participants gathered at the third annual Vancouver Multiple Myeloma March today. This one in Burnaby, one of 28 across Canada to raise awareness of a disease and offer support to those who are battling it. Eight Canadians are diagnosed every day with multiple myeloma, and despite that number, many still don't know very much about the blood cancer. Among those taking part, Nigel Holmes, a two-year myeloma survivor.
When I was first diagnosed in uh, 2017, I when the doctor first told me multiple myeloma, I was like, I've never heard of that. What is that? Is it a skin cancer? <laughs> like, no, but um, yeah, more specifically, uh, just a, a, a blood cancer. BC's Filipino community is using basketball to bring awareness to type 2 diabetes. A two-day tournament is being held at Queensboro Middle School in New Westminster this weekend. April Antonio is an insurance advisor who's seen fellow Filipinos struggle with diabetes-related health issues and is hoping sports like basketball will help teach the importance of nutrition and living healthy lifestyles. We use basketball as a platform because this is one of the most popular sports amongst Filipinos. It is. Yeah, it I is. wasn't aware of that. Yeah, it is. It is. It's um, basketball and Pacquiao. So basketball and boxing. That's what we're known for. An important health reminder from the BC Centre for Disease Control this Thanksgiving weekend. It's urging people to thoroughly cook their turkeys. The warning follows a 2017 outbreak of salmonella in Canada linked to raw turkey and chicken. Turkey should be cooked to an internal temperature of 74 degrees Celsius or hotter to avoid sickness caused by salmonella. Since the outbreak, there have been 26 cases right here in BC. Salmonella is often on the outside of the turkey or on the wrapper. That's the place where the contamination could be. And if you wash that turkey, you have the chance to make a nice bath of salmonella all over your kitchen or in your sink. So if people feel the need to rinse it down after they've removed that wrapper, we're recommending damp or wet paper towels, wipe it down cleanly and dispose of those paper towels and then wash your hands and all the surfaces really well. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Another example of how professional sports and freedom of speech don't always mix as the NBA wraps up its promotional tour of China. We're going to have that right after Yvonne's forecast. The mayor of Manitoba has declared a state of emergency following an early blast of winter-like weather. A storm that dumped up to 70 centimeters of snow has damaged or destroyed thousands of trees and knocked out power to tens of thousands of customers across southern Manitoba. And with more snow expected to fall before Thanksgiving, people are being urged to avoid non-essential travel. Boy, Yvonne, I, I mean, it's hard to even imagine them getting that kind of storm this early in the season. Yes, and for those who will be traveling for Thanksgiving as well, so a heads up, make sure you check all the flight details. And uh, if you are planning on traveling here back at home across the province, a very different weather picture. We'll start off with the tower cam. This is overlooking English Bay. It's been very pleasant through the day. We had a few pockets of rainfall. Temperatures are sitting at 11 degrees and northwesterly wind at 22 kilometers per hour. But these are some of the images that we woke up to this morning. Fantastic, a great shot that was submitted from uh, Susan in Port Coquitlam and for the interior we had tons of photos so thank you for submitting them. A great shot that was captured of the sunrise this morning in Peachland sent in from Rod and a great shot sent in from Lynn in Kamloops so thank you for those spectacular photos. This is a very different weather picture here especially in comparison to what they're seeing in Winnipeg or in Manitoba rather. Here's a glance at temperatures today up to 13 degrees. Average for this time of the year sits at 14. Will be similar for tomorrow. Many areas will be into the low teens. High today. It was cooler across the central interior with Williams Lake up to five. Double digits for Kamloops and to areas near Trail and Cranbrook today with the single digits at seven. We are going to be tracking some moisture, so there is a chance of showers this evening, especially for the southern half of the island, and that's going to move across Metro Vancouver, so unsettled still this evening and for the morning hours on Sunday. Moving on out, though, this is the weather maker that's still continuing to push in across the province. We see a bit of a break in between systems, and this is what's ahead 
for Tuesday, Wednesday. We've got a significant amount of rain that will be moving in. First off, tomorrow morning, south coast cloud cover a chance of showers. The rain's going to pick up for the interior. Higher elevations if you're traveling along any of the mountain passes. The snow level overnight will drop to 1,100 meters and rise through the day closer to 1,500 meters. By tomorrow evening, it eases off right across the board for the southern half. And on Monday, just in time for our Thanksgiving, we've got sunshine and dry conditions. The piece up to 5 degrees for tomorrow on Tuesday, tracking some snowfall for the early morning hours. Areas near Whitehorse will be sitting at the freezing mark, snow developing Monday night and continuing on Tuesday before it changes over to rain. Coastal sections will be seeing a chance of showers. The main moisture or rain moving in on Monday, it'll be heavy at times. Caribou and Central Interior with the chance of showers, a dry day for your Thanksgiving Monday. Columbia and Kootenai, a chance of showers. Gray conditions for tomorrow brightening up on Monday with a high of 12. Tops in Okanagan will hang on to cloud cover over the next few days. A nice break will be starting to push in on Tuesday. Whistler with a chance of showers, a high of 8 degrees. Most of the showers will be for the morning, much drier for the afternoon. And that's what we'll see across the south coast. The island will be included. I anticipate we may squeeze out a few breaks in the cloud cover by the afternoon. But it'll be a nice bright day looking ahead on Monday so far. Thanksgiving. We will see bright spots. The nicer day will be on Monday. Temperatures will bump up to 14 degrees. Our five-day forecast and long-range forecast. So for tomorrow, the chance of showers will be for the morning, easing off, especially towards the afternoon. Monday with a mix of sun and cloud, pleasant up to 14 degrees. That'll be our nice break. And then Tuesday, Wednesday onwards, it is unsettled. Some wet weather pushing in for tomorrow up to 12 degrees. Colleen? All right. We'll enjoy the next couple of days. Thanks, Yvonne. Nationalism trumped NBA fandom in China this week. A much-hyped two-game preseason series between the Brooklyn Nets and the L.A. Lakers wrapped up in Shenzhen today with much less fanfare than it began with, overshadowed by a supportive tweet about pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. The final NBA exhibition game in China went off mostly as planned today. Chinese fans showing up, packing the stadium to watch the Brooklyn Nets beat the L.A. Lakers. Outside the stadium, no one in China was able to watch the game because it was completely blacked out, both on TV and online. The response after NBA Commissioner Adam Silver defended the free speech rights of Houston Rockets General Manager Daryl Morey. Morey tweeted a week ago Friday in support of the Hong Kong protesters, then quickly deleted the tweet and apologized with the damage had already been done. Many companies cut ties with the NBA. China's state broadcaster saying that they would reevaluate the relationship with the league going forward. China is a huge market for the NBA, the second biggest market outside the United States, worth $4 billion in TV licensing and merchandising. However, that all now is in question. Players and coaches didn't talk after this last exhibition game today, didn't speak to the media. The press conference was canceled by the NBA yesterday. They said it would be unfair for players to have to address this con- controversy in real time. Kelly Kobieya, NBC News, Hong Kong. As we mentioned earlier, Typhoon Hagibis has made its way to Japan, but not the storm, but the storm did not cancel practice today for the country's rugby team. Have a look at this. Players and coaches had to navigate a flooded entranceway just to make it to the field. 
some tiptoed through the water, and one guy gave his teammate a piggyback ride to get there. Japan is due to play Scotland in Yokohama tomorrow if Rugby World Cup organizers believe it is safe to do so. That's inconvenient to say the least. Squishy. The cleats are squishy. Your foot was squishy. Right? Yeah. They're used to getting muddy, but that could be a little over the top. You're a little short tonight. Uh, Well, yeah, there's some chair chair adjustments going on here. (laughs) There we go. Barry, welcome. Yes, it's good to be back here. Um, Lots going on. Is there? The Lions have played so well the last month, and they've had this kind of slim hope of making the playoffs. Uh, but something, uh, something kind of put a little onion in the ointment. Uh, Mike oh. Riley, third play of the game, broke his wrist. Oh. Not good. And uh, that's probably pretty much it. Lines are still hanging in. We'll have highlights of their game against the Eskimos right now. Canucks play against the Flyers tonight. A lot of uh, playoff baseball. Exciting time of year. Pretty yeah. much every sport's going on. Mm-hmm. NBA basketball, the only one that's coming in two weeks. So. Very history was made in Vienna, Austria today, like you didn't know. Iliad Kipchoge went beyond human limits when he became the first person in history to run a sub two hour marathon this morning. The 34 year old Kenyan ran the 42K, give or take, distance in a remarkable time of one hour, 59 minutes, 40 seconds. Thousands of spectators lined the course to support him and his team of 41 pacers. It was his second attempt. The clock time he, uh, the first time he clocked in 25 seconds over the mark. Yeah, wouldn't that be horrible? This is not, however, recognized as an official time because um, it wasn't sanctioned. Yeah, let's he face it. They whole team of support. Yeah, it was kind of like a. a in the optimum conditions with uh, pace setters like jackrabbits for him to keep his pace up in a flat, flat course and a, uh, you know, but it's still amazing. If you consider he ran four 10Ks in like 30 minutes average per one. Given I probably couldn't do one in 10 hours. Can you imagine? That is incredible. (laughs) So it's incredible. It doesn't matter if it's not a world record. It's it's pretty good. All right. Thanks very much, uh, Colleen. The Lions' uh, odds of making the playoffs are uh, still a long shot. They need to win their final three and hope Edmonton loses its final three. But they can keep those hopes alive, at least for a couple of weeks. They're in Edmonton right now in an absolute must-win situation, trying to extend their season and their win streak to five. Mike Riley sacked 12 times in the first two games versus the Eskimos. Amazing he's not been injured, he said. But first quarter, Odell Willis crushing hit on Eskimo quarterback Logan Kilgore. Kilgore stayed in the game despite being roughed up. We said Riley not been hurt this year, the only starter not to be hurt. Well, that changed, and man, was it bad. Broken left wrist, out for the game, out for the season, and you have to figure the Lions' playoff chances also out. So Danny O'Brien, who's barely played, now in charge of the Lions' offense. Edmonton, though, controlled the ball. They've been getting humiliated lately on the field. The Eskimos not playing well, but Shaq Cooper scored there to make it 10-0. Big deficit with Riley out. O'Brien struggling to get anything going, gets sacked, took the Lions out of field goal range. They had all of 14 net yards through 27 minutes. But finally, O'Brien connects with 
Brian Burnham, best receiver in the league. That led to a field goal. Lions on the board at 13-3, but still a long way back. Riley back on the sidelines in a sling, trying to help O'Brien get the offense in gear. 16-3 at the half. Edmonton, third quarter line defense doing all they can to keep them in the game. Stuffed the Eskimos for a third time from the one, doing all they can, as mentioned, to uh, keep this one alive. They had to lean on the running game. And it does some good things. John White will bust one for 25 yards. That led to another Castillo field goal, 16-6 late fourth. But as you can imagine, they're having real trouble just getting any sustained drives. And uh, the Lions down 10 with a few minutes to go, and we'll keep you up to date on that one tonight at 11. Also today, Blue Bombers and Alouettes from Winnipeg, first quarter, Andrew Harris is going to take it to the outside. 16-yard touchdown run. Harris went over 100 yards in the first half, had 166 on the day. Leads the CFL now with 1,260 total yards, 7-0 Bombers. Snow banks in Winnipeg in October. Uh, second quarter, Chris Strebler will find Drew Wolitarski for the touchdown. 15-10 Bombers at the half. And then to the fourth quarter, seven-point Winnipeg lead. Al's quarterback Vernon Adams Jr. ill-advised throw picked off by Nick Taylor. Not satisfied with just the pick. A fantastic return. Takes it all the way in for the touchdown. One of four bomber interceptions on the day. They win it. Winnipeg now 10-6 and six in a three-way tie for first with the Riders and Stampeders. The Canucks should have lots of energy for tonight's game at Rogers against the Flyers. The Canucks have only played three games over nine days to start the season, and they are coming off that entertaining 8-2 pummeling of the L.A. Kings in their home opener Wednesday. The Canucks feel they can score more this year, and one reason is a much more aggressive approach on the opposition. I think we're pretty pretty aggressive on a forecheck. I think uh, we've done a good job turning pucks over in the neutral zone. I think a lot of times last game we were forechecking uh, two guys uh, on their D-man and managed to kind of make them make a couple of mistakes, and that's where we, uh, we capitalize on our goals. So uh, I think just a little bit more aggressive up ice and, and uh, seems to be helping us a little bit. NHL today, Oilers looking to stay perfect. 4-0 record coming into this afternoon's game at Madison Square Garden. First period, and it's the Rangers who score first. Their first rounder from the 2019 draft. Capo Kako of Finland, second overall pick. Great move, great name. 1-0 for the Rangers. Second period, though, the Oilers tie it. Clean face-off win by the new Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Oscar Clefbaum with the screenshot. Finds its way past Henrik Lundqvist. 1-1 after two. And then in the third on the power play, Connor McDavid. Little bank shot here off defenseman Jacob Truba. Not the prettiest goal we've seen McDavid score, but he'll take it. His fourth, 2-1 Edmonton. And then it's their other big stud, Leon Dreisaitl. The backhander squeezes through Lundqvist. Dreisaitl added an empty netter. Oilers go 5-0 for the first time since the mid-80s. They've trailed in every game, but have come back every time. 4-1 the final today. Leafs and Red Wings from Detroit. Mike Babcock's crew on a three-game losing skid. First period down 1-0 when rookie Dimitro Timoshev forces the turnover. Centers for Nick Shore, who finishes nicely past Jimmy Howard. It's 1-1. Late second, Russian rookie Ilya Mikheyev wins the race to the puck. Goes around Howard and fires it in. Great goal, and it's 2-1 Leafs. And then in the third, another goal from their supporting cast. Alex Kerfoot, the former Avalanche and the West Vancouver product, will score there. That made it 3-1. It's 4-2 Leafs late in the third. And we've got the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues off to a strong start. 3-0-1 in their first four at Montreal tonight. First period tied at one. Jonathan Drouin with the quick release there beats Jordan Binnington. 2-1 
Habs after one, but the Blues tied it, then took the lead in the second on the power play. Great scene pass by Braden Shen to Vince Dunn. Beats Carey Price, and it's 3-2 Blues. But the Habs tied it before the end of the period. Brendan Gallagher behind the net to Thomas Tatar. He finds Philip Dano, 3-3 after two. And then in the third, the Habs go back up front. Arturi Lekkanen sticking with it on the wraparound, jams it in past Bennington. 4-3 Habs, they're now up 5-3 late in the third. And we'll show you one more, the Jets and Blackhawks from Chicago. Already 1-0 Hawks when Brent Seabrook will come in and fire it in to make it 2-0 Chicago after one, beating uh, Connor Hellbuck. But Winnipeg got one back in the second and tied it in the third. How about the play here by Kyle Connor to find the stick of Andrew Kopp for the easy tap-in 2-2, and that's where they stand in the third period. Welcome back. The Seahawks are fortunate this year that they get to play all of the teams in the AFC North. They've already beaten Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, and now Cleveland is coming to town tomorrow. It's another game Seattle should win. The Browns' offense has been poor, averaging about 18 points per game. It should be a routine win, just like Chanel in the red zone. The Seahawks head into the dog pound on a roll, winning four of five to start the season and currently sit in a playoff spot. Now, Seattle has been perfect on the road so far, but they face a Brown side in must-win mode, especially when you consider Cleveland is 0-2 at home. Chris Carson with back-to-back 100-yard games shows the Seahawks do trust the run game as they ran the ball 43 times last week. And they will be licking their chops Sunday as the Browns are fourth worst against the run, giving up 150 yards a game and allowed 275 rushing yards to the 49ers on Monday night. How good has Russell Wilson been so far? Well, he's the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 1,400 yards passing, 12 touchdowns with zero interceptions through the first five games of the season. Now, he is in the MVP conversation right now, but faces a pretty good pass defense, seventh overall. Seattle's secondary does have some holes, seventh worst in the league against the pass, and Baker Mayfield will look to expose them. Now, the Hawks do have eight takeaways already, including five forced fumbles. Baker Mayfield struggled versus the 49ers, completing just eight passes and throwing a couple of picks. Now, he was also sacked four times, 16 overall this season. That's tied for fifth most. But he does have some deep threats in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. But between them, they have just one touchdown so far. Nick Chubb is fourth in rushing yards and averaging 116 yards in the last three weeks. But he goes up against the Seahawks unit yet to allow a 100-yard rusher. Seattle's defense has been as dedicated to stopping the run as its offense is to running the ball. The Browns have allowed at least 30 points twice already and have turned the ball over 10 times, tied for second most. And Cleveland has alternated wins and losses so far through the first five games. Seattle has won 12 of its last 18 in games on the East Coast that kicked off at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Game 
All right, so the game's in Cleveland, not Seattle. My bad. Game two of the NLCS, Nationals cards. Washington shut out the cards 2-0 in game one. Held St. Louis to just one hit. Top of the third, Michael Taylor off Adam Wainwright gives Washington the 1-0 lead. Meanwhile, Max Scherzer absolutely dominating the cards. Scherzer went seven innings, gave up just one hit, 11 strikeouts. St. Louis just having trouble at the plate. In the eighth, Adam Eaton will give Washington some breathing room. Pulls one just inside the bag at first. Two-run score, and the Nationals take the first two on the road in the NLCS, beating the Cardinals 3-1, holding St. Louis to just four hits in the first two games. Game three is in a couple of days in D.C. Game one of the ALCS, Yankees and Astros. Houston led the majors with 107 regular season wins. This is the series everyone wanted to see, the two powers in the American League. And Glaber Torres will give the Yankees the early lead with this double to the gap in left center. one nothing New York, and that's where they stand right now, playing in the sixth. And we'll finish with some Euro 2020 qualifying. Norway and Spain from Norway. Spaniards 6-0 so far in Group F. Take the lead on the road in the 47th minute. Saul Niguez will score to make it 1-0 for the Spaniards. But in stoppage time, goalkeeper Kepa Ariza Balaga with the big body check. If he was playing in the NHL, we'd say great hit. In soccer, it's a foul and a penalty. And Joshua King rescues a point for Norway. They are fourth in their group, so they will need a big finish to advance to the next round. But still a nice result for them to beat Spain. These guys go. can play at night because they've got like those day glow or, or glow-in-the-dark <laughs> shoes. Well. After 12 years, get this, and more than 1,600 kilometers, a dog and her owner have been reunited. On Friday, 14-year-old Duchess, a toy fox terrier, and her owner were reunited in Pittsburgh. Catherine Strang says that the last time she saw Duchess was at her Florida home in 2007. A microchip helped a local animal group locate the owner. No word on why it took <laughs> so long, though. You have a theory, don't you, Barry? What was Duchess doing for 12 years? Uh, probably. Adventure. Yeah, that's right. Oh, some There's crap. probably some sort of Disney movie about it. Yeah. Somewhere. I don't know enough about how my microchips work. I need to, I need to learn more about this because I thought that would be kind of make it easy with the address. And, and now, with the, I don't know how they work either, but now would we know some of the spots that she, they were at or she was at? Don't know. Don't know. We need more information. Exactly. We need to do more. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Last look at weather. Uh, chance for some showers will be in the morning, and then a nice bright spot will be our Thanksgiving to round off our long weekend. Rain moving in on our Tuesday. Get out and enjoy look Monday. Look that. We have Love the turkey. blowing the budget with the uh, graphics there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Jordan will be here at 11. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez.